ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله فقد قال الله تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اما بعد ايها المسلمون فقد قال الله تعالى يا ايها الناس قد جاءتكم موعظه من ربكم وشفاء لما في الصدور وهدى ورحمه للمؤمنين الله سبحانه وتعالى هي سيد ان هيز نوبل بوك او مان كايند قد جاءتكم موعظه من ربكم انديد اي موعظه هاز كم تو يو فروم يور رب اي ادفايس هاز كم تو يو اي ريمايندر هاز كم تو يو فروم يور رب وَشِفَاءٌ لِمَا فِي الصُّدُورِ which is a shifa which is a cure and a healing for that which is in the hearts wahudan and it's a guidance and a mercy for the believers and in another verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he said وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ and we send down from this book that which is a shifa that which is a cure in a hadith Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he enters upon his wife Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha As-Siddiqa binti As-Siddiq radiyallahu anhuma and she was treating a woman and he said to her Aalijiha bi kitabillah Aalijiha bi kitabillah treat the woman with the book of Allah treat her with the book of Allah What we learn from these ayat and this hadith is that the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is the perfect uncreated speech of Allah in it is a shifa Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent it as a cure for mankind and a cure for that which is in the hearts and Imam Ibn al-Qayyim Or rather firstly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says in surah al-Furqan wa qala ar-rasul ya rabbi inna qaumi ittakhadhu hadha al-Qur'ana mahjura that the messenger he said oh my lord my people have taken this Qur'an they have taken this book and they have deserted the book my people have taken this Qur'an and they have deserted this book ibn kathir rahimahullah he says in his tafsir Deserting the book means preferring other speech to this book. It means preferring poetry, whether it's an or whatever you call it, 
to the Quran is deserting the book. When it comes to not paying attention to the meaning of the Quran, he says this is deserting the book. Not pondering and reflecting over the meanings is deserting the book. Not following his commandments and abstaining from his prohibitions is, is deserting this book. But Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he mentioned something else and he said, not seeking a shifa through this Quran is also deserting this book. When we do not use the Quran as a source of shifa, this is a form of deserting the book. So we find that this has become a sunnah mahjurah, a sunnah that has been deserted. For this is a sunnah that one uses the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to find shifa or to seek shifa. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in the hadith in At-Tirmidhi, I'lam innahu man ahya sunnatan min sunnati qad umitat ba'di. Know whosoever revives a sunnah from my sunnah, from my tradition, which has died out after me. There are many sunnahs of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which we have lost. Although it's there documented in the books, he says, whomsoever revives the sunnah, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مِنَ الْأَجْرِ مِثْلَ مَنْ عَمِلَ بِهَا مِنْ غَيْرِ أَنْ يَنْقُصَ مِنْ أُجُودِهِمْ شَيْئًا Then he will have a reward like those who act upon it without diminishing of or any of their rewards. So this is the reward for giving life to the sunnah, bringing back the sunnah. So a khutbah today is about istishfa' bil Qur'an, seeking shifa' via the Qur'an. For this is a sunnah that has been lost, and we hope for this reward bi idnillahi ta'ala. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, بَدَأَ الْإِسْلَامُ غَرِيبًا وَسَيَعُودُ غَرِيبًا فَطُوبًا لِلْغُرَبًا Islam began as something strange, and it will revert to being something strange. So give glad tidings to the strangers. And Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, man hum? Who are the strangers? And he said, they are the righteous people when the people have become corrupt. And in another version of the hadith, he says, they are the ones who will revive my sunnah and teach it to the people. So we hope for this reward, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. And we ask Allah to make us of them who revives the sunnah and who teaches it to others. Amin Rabbil Alameen. So the Qur'an is a shifa. In other words, a word that is more popularly used is the word ruqya. The word that we use is the word ruqya. Ruqya means to recite, to read verses from the Quran, seeking a shifa from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is istishfa bil Quran. The practice of ruqya is the practice of seeking shifa from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and from beneficial du'as. However, what's important to note, ayyuhal muslimun, is that there is two types of ruqya. We have something which we call ruqya shari'ya, which is the ruqya according to the sharia of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we have something called ruqya bid'iya or shirkiya, which is ruqya which is innovated, a form of bid'ah 
or maybe even shirk, depending on what's being practiced. So the first type of ruqya is legitimate ruqya from the Quran and the Sunnah. Aisha radiallahu anha, she narrates a hadith, and she said whenever the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam became ill, he would recite al-mu'awwidat over himself and spit dryly. When the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam became sick, he recited the quls, the mu'awwidat, the surahs of protection. And he recited this over himself. And he would spit dryly over himself. And she said when he became, or when his pain intensified, I would recite over him and wipe him with his own hand, seeking its barakah. For the hand of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi is mubarak. What we learn from this hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi treated himself with the mu'awwidat. When he became sick, his treatment was the Qur'an. Before going to the doctor, before seeking another person's professional advice, he sought the shifa via the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is another evidence for a ruqya shari'iyya. That we use the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to find a shifa. Imam Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says, I was for a time period in Mecca and I could not find any doctors to go to to seek help for, for, for treatment. And he says, I treated myself with Surah Al-Fatiha for a few days until I became completely cured. And he said, if a person truly puts his trust in Allah and has yaqeen, complete conviction and certainty, he will see the miracles of the Qur'an. He will see the miraculous cure that the Qur'an withholds. The Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, a group of them, they go out on an expedition and they come across a village and the leader of the village expels them from the village. And as they are leaving this village, that same leader gets stung by a scorpion. And the people are unable to assist him. And they eventually run after the Sahaba and say, is there anybody who can help? And one of the Sahaba, he goes back and he recites Surah Al-Fatiha over this man. And the Hadith says, he stood up as if he was not stung in the first place. Complete shifa via Surah Al-Fatiha alone. When this reached Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, how did you know that it is a ruqya? How did you know that the Fatiha specifically is a ruqya? So this is ruqya. Simple recitation of the Quran whilst believing that within it is a shifa. And hoping for the shifa which comes from none other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For he is a shafi. And there is no shifa except from him. As for the haram method, then there is many methods that are being practiced which are completely illegitimate and haram. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in a hadith, إِنَّ الرُّقَى وَالتَّمَائِمْ وَالتِّوَلَةُ شِرْكِ 
He said, indeed, Ruqya, Tama'im, which is amulets, or Azimat, as it's well known in Cape Town, or Atawis, as it's known in other cultures, and Tiwana is Shirk. Tiwana is the practice of magic, which separates people from each other or brings people together. So the issue of Tama'im is one of the common practices of Ruqya, where people are given amulets to wear, and azimat to put in your house, put in your car, put on your child. This will ward away evil eye. This will protect him from jinn. This will protect him from such and such an illness. On the lips of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said this is shirk. In a hadith in the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, there were ten men who came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to take bay'ah. He accepted the bay'ah of nine. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, what about the tenth? And he said, he's wearing an amulet. Until the man put his hand in his, inside his sweater, removed the amulet upon this the Prophet accepted his bay'ah. This is how serious it was to the Messenger of Allah But in this hadith he also said Ruqya is a form of shirk. And what he meant by this of course is Ruqya that's not practiced according to the Quran and the Sunnah. It can become a form of shirk depending on what's being done. These words were uttered by Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhi narrated this from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he entered upon his wife Zainab and he found on her arm on her arm an amulet and he said shirk in the house of Abu Abdul Rahman shirk in my house and she said my eye was weeping my eye did not stop it was bothering me until I came to, came to this Jewish man who gave me this to wear and it stopped. It stopped weeping. It gets, it's good. It's better. So Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu, he said, that was the work of the shaitan. That was none, nothing else but the work of the shaitan who was picking your eye with his hand. And when this man recited his spells, this Jewish man, it stopped. And from this we learn a powerful lesson. That just because an affliction may disappear or seem to disappear or you feel you've gotten better, that doesn't mean what was done was, was the correct practice. So we find again many people practicing the, the, the action of Ruqya and what they are doing is nothing else but shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or at least innovation. But the argument is the people are better. The answer is, as Abdullah bin Mas'ud said, that's nothing but the work of the shaitan. The shaitan doesn't mind for you to become better if you've fallen into something which is way worse, which is shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Abdullah bin Mas'ud said to his wife, it would have been sufficient for you to have said, أَذْهِبِ الْبَأْسِ رَبَّ النَّاسِ إِشْفِ أَنْتَ الشَّافِي لَا شِفَاءَ إِلَّا شفاءك. This is sufficient. If you are sick, if you have a problem, recite this dua. Remove the harm, O Lord of mankind. And cure, for you are a shafi. 
You are the curer. There is no shifa except your shifa. Shifa and la yugadiru saqama. A shifa we are asking for which leaves behind no trace of illness, no disease behind. So, as we said, there are many types of ruqya which is illegitimate. Anything that is not practiced or was not practiced by the Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we say is illegitimate. Whether it be burning candles or incense sticks in the home, whether it be salt, whether it be lemons in the corners of the house, whether it be using jinn and claiming that this is good jinn, None of this is permissible. In fact, using jinn, the scholars have stated, is also tantamount to shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is sufficient for us is the book of Allah. What is sufficient for us is the book of Allah. And so there are two misconceptions we would like to point out on the topic of ruqya. Number one is, you don't need a raqi to perform ruqya. You don't need a raqi to perform ruqya. Ruqya is, as we said, the recitation of the book of Allah. It's putting your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you perform ruqya, you say, A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, and you read whatever you are capable of reading from the book of Allah. And number two, Ruqya should be performed for any illness, any sickness. Ruqya is not restricted to jinn possession or black magic or evil eye. As most people believe, he's going for Ruqya means he must be possessed. The Prophet ﷺ, when he became ill, he did Ruqya. The man was afflicted with a scorpion sting. The Sahaba performed Ruqya. And this is what Allah is telling us, وَلُنَّزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَاءٌ We've sent down of this book that which is a shifa. It's a shifa for every single sickness, every single ailment, any illness. The book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala contains within it shifa. So do not desert this book. Do not turn away from this book and prefer western medication or treatment over the treatment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is nothing wrong with going to the doctor, but why don't we turn to the book of Allah first? Why is it that we don't believe there's shifa in it? The first thing we do is we go to the doctor, which means we believe, whether we say it or not, we actually believe that the Quran is not going to work with us. The Qur'an is not going to work for this, this problem. We need a doctor to prescribe certain medication. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to Aisha, Aalijiha bi kitabillah. Treat her with the book of Allah. And this means that our belief in the Qur'an is not where it should be. Our trust in the, the power of the words of Allah is not where it should be. And this is why Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he said, when we do not use this Qur'an as a shifa, this is a form of deserting the Qur'an. This is what I say, I say this word, and I say this word, and I say this word, and I say this word,
walisa'il muslimina minkul lidham astaghfiruh innahu huwal ghafurur rahim Alhamdulillahi ala ihsanih wa syukru ala tawfiqihi wa amtinanih wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh sallallahu alaihi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa sallama tasliman mazida ayyuhal muslimun as we said one does not require a raqi Allah has made it such every single muslim can perform ruqya upon himself which muslim does not know the mu'awidhat the three kuhs and which Muslim does not know Surah Al-Fatiha. If a person recited these surahs alone, this will be sufficient for him. This will be sufficient for him. It's just about being patient, continuous, and trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we encourage one and all to come back to the sunnah, which is the sunnah of using the Quran as a shifa. You are able to do that. It does not require a special, so-called specialist raqi. Secondly, it connects you with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It connects you with Allah that you constantly are reciting and reciting, hoping for shifa. And this connects the heart back with, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, the best raqi is the afflicted person himself. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, who is the one who answers the call of the distressed person? Is it the time of desperation when we call out with complete khushu' and humbleness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers your call? And there's nobody that's in more desperation than the person himself or the direct family. Lastly, there's a hadith. From Imran ibn Hussain radiallahu anhu Where he said that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said 70,000 people from my ummah will enter Jannah Without being brought to account And of them he said They are the ones who do not ask for ruqiyah They do not ask for ruqiyah Or believe in omens Or use cautery And they put their trust in the Lord What this means is they rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. They do not ask for ruqya unless they seriously need it. And there are cases where people are in desperate need. But any small affliction or small illness, we don't run to others. We put our trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whomsoever puts his trust in Allah, Allah will suffice for him. And he does his own ruqya bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. هذا وصلوا وسلموا رعاكم الله على بشير النذير محمد بن عبد الله فقد أمركم الله بذلك في كتابه فقال عز من قائل عليما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وارض اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي 
وعن بقية الصحابة وتابعين وتابع التابعين وعنا معهم بمنك وكرمك وإحسانك يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين وأذل البدع والمبتدعين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين يا مولانا يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم وكلهم ناصرا ومعينا ومؤيدا وحفيظا اللهم وعليك بأعداء الدين فإنهم لا يعجزونك اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين يا أرحم الراحمين ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين وجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار يا عزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وأقيم الصلاة